Hey mamas, and welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and independent eaters. I'm Alyssa, your mama in BRD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it. But honestly, the few seconds Instagram gives me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week right here as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short because mom life, but I plan on giving you real-life tactical advice and answering your actual questions. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited you are here. Today's topic I'm thinking is going to be short and sweet, but it is oh so important. So one of my secret weapons for picky eating, one of the top things I recommend everyone does in their home for their kids, whether they're picky or not, honestly, is to get your little ones in the kitchen. Now, I know I've touched on this here and there before, and I've talked about it, and I've definitely um, mentioned it here and there. And of course, it's important. It's probably a tip you've heard before. But today, I'm going to walk you through some tangible ways to get your little ones helping in the kitchen and some tips and tricks for how to make it a more pleasant experience. There's a chance if you're anything like me when I just told you to get your little ones in the kitchen, you moaned, you groaned, and you thought, no way. I cannot do that. They literally destroy my kitchen anytime they're in there with me. Even when I'm not cooking, they're in there destroying things, pulling things out of cabinets. So I feel you and I'm with you. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't always love having my little ones in the kitchen with me, helping me cook meals or anything of the sort. Honestly, it's not my favorite thing especially when I'm thinking about it. When I'm actually doing it, however, a lot of times I do really enjoy it. I tend to like build it up in my head as going to be this horrible experience that's frustrating, but in the moment of actually doing it, it's often way less frustrating than I imagine it will be in my head and less messy. Or rather, I guess I'm more prepared for the mess. And really, that's one of my top tips is to prepare the best you can for mess, for mismeasurings, be okay with it not being completely perfect. So if it calls for a scrambled egg and it's not completely broken up, or if it calls for a cup of flour and it's missing a little bit because your child decided to stick their finger in the middle or whatever, be okay with it. Go with the flow. And I'm talking to myself more than probably anybody because I can be kind of a perfectionist when it comes to these sorts of things. But truly, when you do invite them into the kitchen, 
make sure that it is as calm as an environment as you can. We don't want to be stressed. We don't want to be frustrated. We don't want to tell them they're doing things wrong. We want to commend them for helping in any way that they do and really praise them for being a part of the experience. The reason why getting them in the kitchen is so powerful and effective for picky eating or even just for getting them used to foods is because it's an exposure. It's an exposure to foods that's actually very low pressure. They're not sitting at the table. No one's staring at them, waiting or counting their bites. They are in a low pressure environment, but still interacting with food. It's honestly one of the most ideal ways that they can experience foods in ways that they actually start to feel a different texture. Maybe they even taste it, which is totally fine. My rule is if you're helping me cook, you can taste the food. So here's the thing. You get to set your own rules, your own boundaries in the kitchen. You get to decide what they can and can't do. Just be really clear on it. It makes it a way less stressful environment if you already know if you're going to let your two-year-old crack an egg or if you've already decided that's just not a job you're prepared for them to do yet. So really setting up those boundaries, knowing those rules ahead of time, going into it and setting the expectation that there's likely going to be mistakes, there's likely going to be mess and how to prepare for that. So of course, what we do to prepare is I wear an apron. It is a must for me when I'm cooking with kids, although I frequently forget it when I'm cooking without them. And I honestly always need it on. I just always need it on. I don't know why I refuse to grab it all the time, but I always need an apron, but especially when I'm cooking with kids. Not only an apron, but my apron has pockets and I just rub everything I possibly can on it and I just throw it in the wash when I'm done with the kids. Rather than when I'm cooking by myself, sometimes I can fold it up and just put it back and it's not a big deal. With kids, it always goes into the wash. I actually also put a little apron or bapron on my son when he's helping me. Um, I don't know. I think I've talked about them before, but there is a company called Bapron um, that does like They're like bibs for toddlers. They're a little bigger and you can use them for crafts. We use them in the kitchen or my son also has a different apron as well that we use. So that is really helpful to protect their clothes. Of course, you can always just use a good old fashioned bib as well, depending on the age of your child. So there's that. Prepare for the mess. Do everything you can to clean it up beforehand so that you have space and you're not frustrated with an overfilling sink or knocking a dirty dish off the counter, which irritates me to no end, but there's that. Um, Another thing that I like to make sure that I do is make sure I have enough time to cook with a toddler or a baby or a child in general. Everything with them does take longer. So make sure you have plenty of time to get dinner on the table or whatever it is you are cooking. And honestly, if you're just starting out, you have not had them in the kitchen with you, I would recommend baking something outside of meal and snack times. We all know how hangry our little ones get when they're off schedule or they're off kilter or they've skipped a meal or it's been pushed too long. And a lot of times we're not expecting how long this can take. So I would just recommend from the get-go to not have it be a timed experience. Like you need to get dinner on the table at five or whatever that looks like for you. Have it be in between naps where you guys have plenty of time able to just kind of enjoy that time in the kitchen together. So that is one of my top tips. Prepare for the mess. (laughs) Make sure that it's a cleaned up kitchen the best that you can so you have space to experiment and have enough 
time. So all of these things, super important. You also want to make sure that the structure or the environment of the kitchen is set up for them to succeed. So having a step stool, maybe you push, you know, the table or chairs up next to each other so they're nice and tight and close and it's a safe place for them to stand. Maybe you have a kitchen helper, all of these sorts of things that it's a good, safe environment for them to be independent and autonomous within. Um, Or maybe you have a baby and you want to baby wear them. So making sure that just the environment itself is set up for them to succeed. Having a towel low down so that they can wipe their hands when needed. All these sorts of things that kind of set them up for success. Okay, so like I said, Getting them in the kitchen helps with picky eating in so many ways because a lot of times picky eating is coming from fear of new foods, fear of foods in general, or there's pressure attached at mealtimes. So getting into the kitchen takes care of nearly all of that in a really fun way that you guys then get to bond and connect rather than having like these mealtime battles all the time and having almost negative connotations around food or eating. So getting them in the kitchen is super important. And believe it or not, I recommend getting them in the kitchen like literally from day one as soon as you possibly can, which oftentimes just means that you are baby wearing them or holding them or including them in the process from day one just by watching. Watching can be such a powerful way for them to get used to you not necessarily being 100% focused on them, creating something from scratch, letting them watch you, letting them see you kind of tinker around in the kitchen can be really great. So whether you're baby wearing them, facing out so that they can see things, or putting them in the high chair and bringing the high chair into the kitchen and putting maybe some toys up there or something for them to uh, preoccupy themselves with while you cook can be really powerful. So let them watch. Now, as they grow a little bit older, even six, eight months where they're start starting to be able to grasp things, let them help you stir. So obviously they won't fully catch on to this right away, but even just having their hand on the paddle and stirring it with you or sprinkling in some sprinkles or spices can be really powerful and making sure that they are still watching and involved in the process. And a big one is to narrate what's going on. I'm sure if you're a speech pathologist or there's any SLPs that you work with, they will love this tip as well. It can really help with their language development to just narrate what you're doing while you're doing it and not even necessarily asking them questions or trying to get them to engage, but literally just narrating what's going on and why you're doing it can be really powerful for them to learn at any age. Okay, so moving forward, probably a year to two years of age, you can start to increase how much they're doing as far as the stirring and mixing, letting them go for a few stirs by themselves without necessarily your hand right over theirs. Another great way I love to involve them in the kitchen is letting them pick and not just pick what you're eating. You know, I've made that connection a lot on Instagram, but actually which maybe head of broccoli you're going to cut up tonight or which banana to put in their cereal. It's still the same food. It's a bunch of bananas, but they get to choose which one. Maybe they touch it. Maybe they point to it. They talk about it. They verbalize it back to you even. Um, At this young age, can be a really great way for them to get involved and see different foods, even if they don't or don't plan on eating them at the table. All right, moving up a little bit into the two to four year age range, they really become a little bit more autonomous and they love to tell us this, don't they? So really letting them have a little bit more autonomy with things like 
putting oil all over the vegetables. You can actually get like a pastry brush or a paper towel even and dip it in the oil and let them kind of brush the oil on all over those veggies. And the nice thing here is you don't really have to stop them or slow them down. Give them a small bowl of oil, however much you want to use, and let them go to town. Even if they're coating it from head to toe, back to left to right, back to front, all the which ways that you feel like it's maybe overkill, let them explore, let them go for it. Another great um, kind of way for them to get involved is transferring. So transferring if they're brushing on oil to the veggies in a bowl, transferring it to a baking sheet or whatever that might look like, maybe with tongs. And yes, they might go super slow, but getting the job done, feeling accomplished in that way actually gives them a better chance when they're at the table, when they see the food that they take pride in, that they helped create or make, might actually lead to them wanting to eat it. Maybe not that night, but maybe over time. Um, Some other really great things that they can start to do between the years of two to four is actually measuring, pouring. Pouring is a great dexterous activity. Measuring ingredients can be really great. Now, again, we're not looking for perfection here. They're just helping us. And cracking eggs, which a lot of kids find so, so fun. But of course, for food safety, you always want to wash their hands afterwards with hot soapy water or warm soapy water, rather, for those toddlers. And then as we're moving on through ages four, five, six, you can start practicing cutting with them. Obviously, this is adult supervision required. And there are some kids' kitchen knives that are really helpful in teaching them how to do this. We just started with a plain old butter knife, so you don't have to buy anything new. But cutting can be really fun for them. I noticed a lot of toddlers love kind of that danger feeling. And this can be a really fun way for them to get involved and get excited about their role in the kitchen. Also having them stir things in the pan, teaching them where their hands go for safety so they don't burn themselves while things are hot. Four, five, six are really great times for this. Toasting toast, pulling it out of the toaster, spreading butter, things like that. They start to learn how to do as well, which can be really helpful setting the table, especially like I feel like around two to four, you can have them set the table as well but really not with breakable goods typically. Four, five, six, you can really start moving into setting the table for the whole family. And then also letting them help with the menu planning. So not just um, which head of broccoli are we going to cut up tonight, but should we have broccoli or zucchini? Or maybe on Sunday when you're meal planning, you ask them, what's one meal you'd like to have this week? And this is really a conversation for those older kids. Now, as your kids age, more and more autonomy are given. And actually, I want to say I was eight years old when I started making dinner for the whole family one night a week. I think I was eight. Obviously, my parents would help me here and there, but truly the way that our kids start to age and grow and develop and grow, the longer that they're in the kitchen, the better off they're going to be as far as feeling confident in the kitchen, knowing what to do and being able to help out is so powerful. We want to raise capable kids who are able to make themselves food and help out with the family and then eventually move out, right? Fingers crossed and do it for themselves. So that can be really powerful and it really helps when we start at a young age. Okay, so I think this has been really helpful to give you guys some tangible ways to get them in the kitchen. And I do want to leave you with a few things. 
First and foremost, the same rules that I give you at the table still apply in the kitchen. The main one that I'm thinking about is no reaction. We're not going to have an emotional reaction or, or overly praise them if they try a new food or get them or try to beg them into trying a new food or encourage them even. We're going to have no reaction just like we would at the table. We're even keeled if they decide to eat the tops off the broccoli. We're even keeled if they decide not even to touch the broccoli. There's still no pressure here. The next thing I just want to leave you with is to remember that it takes time and it's more important that you include them in the kitchen when you can be calm than it is to get them in the kitchen. So if it's not a time that you can include them and stay calm and relaxed, which hello, I'm raising my hand like crazy. There are plenty of times where I am just in a rush and need to get dinner on the table and it's too stressful totally fine to just skip it. Okay. So just reminder that it's more important to have a positive experience in the kitchen than getting them in the kitchen and you're going to be totally stressed out. So just a reminder there. And then the last thing, it's more of a challenge. And if you're on my email list, you already saw this, but I do challenge you just one time this coming week. So before next week's podcast is released, I encourage you to just get your kids in the kitchen in some small way, just one once. And I would absolutely love it if you do this to snap a pic and tag me on Instagram. I would love to see you in the kitchen with your little ones. How much joy would that bring the world right now to see? I can't even believe it. I would love it. So if you do this challenge, if you do bring your little ones into the kitchen, maybe it's not something you typically do, or maybe you are already doing this regularly. I just challenge you to do it in one new way, maybe one new time of day or a different type of food or, you know, letting them help with one new task. If you're doing any of these challenges, just snap a picture and tag me on Instagram. I would love to see it. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week, mama. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on Instagram at momandmerd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have by emailing me at alyssa at momandmerd.com. Until next time, mamas. Thank you.